Good evening, good evening, good evening. Once again, how are you all out there doing in internet land? It's time for another KG Wildcat and Doc podcast. And let me get that straight, be more precise without insulting my friend and colleague, KG, the fifth ward Wildcat and Doc podcast. Gentlemen, how are you doing? A lot better now. We weren't going to slap you around now. We're going to be all right. We're going to be all right, young man. We're going to be all right today. Doc, how you doing, sir? I'm doing well since y'all not bullying me. I'm doing all right. Give it time, sir. Give it time. Based on what we just heard, ESPN is just a rite of passage, Doc. It's not hazing. It's a rite of passage. Really? We're not yeah. going to talk about that garbage. Yeah, anyway. I'm an I'm a alpha man, so I understand this rite of passage. But there comes a point in time when the lawsuit starts to come out. You can call it hazing, rite of passage, pledge, whatever you want to call it. Comes a time when it has to stop. Litigation, litigation makes a win. It makes a person bend down. All right. So, what do you want to get into first? We want to get into your scores. You got some scores, Wildcat. We want to talk about no, the Rockets, ABCU. We want to talk about two things. Uh, this week here in Houston with uh, the Conference USA Women's Soccer is underway. Uh, championships is underway uh, at Rice University right now. Uh, this morning, today's first match was Tulsa and UAB. Tulsa won, uh, won the match one nil. And Rice is in, is playing Marshall at this point. And I don't have an update on the, uh, uh, on the game track as of yet. But, uh, they got tomorrow off and then everybody starts and plays, starts again on, uh, Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. And also the SWAC is in town for their first championship celebration here in Houston, in our city this year. They're celebrating three championships. It's a, it's a wonder me. It tells me how far we've come as, as a city. Fine. <laughs> As a city, it tells us how far, how far we've come. Women's sports are celebrating championships here in the, in the Big H town. And that, uh, the SWAC tournament starts on Thursday, if I think it is, uh, on the That's 7th. Right. And, uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, TSU's women's soccer team, uh, Correct. uh, on a, they're looking to prove something to themselves and not and, and not finish early in the championship. Doc, what have you, have you heard so far? Yeah, they found a way to get in uh, the tournament, which uh, was a nice little run for them uh, because it looked like they were going to be left out. And then they have the sister school, the Prairie View, in the tournament. They're looking to make a nice run in the tournament. And obviously you have the favorite uh, in terms of the Western division uh, with um, Southern. Then on the east side, which tends to have some of the stronger teams, you have Jackson State, uh, Alabama State that quenched early. So those are the teams to look at in terms of making some noise here in Houston as they try to get that elusive NCAA Division One soccer deal. Are we going to talk about, excuse me, Doc, we're going to talk about the uh, Texans at all besides wishing a healthy recovery to Coach Kubiak? You know, <clears throat> I'm going to say this. to, to watch, That's twice I've watched a coach go down here in this city. Um uh, uh, I was watching the game when uh, uh, Durka went out. Uh, Larry, uh, Larry Durka, 99. In the uh, Astros uh, dugout. And last night, I had just sat down in front of the TV, and all of a sudden, it was this commotion. And guys were kind of like rattling, you know, the, the commentators, they were kind of like rattling off. And then just, everybody was running toward the, uh, the 20-yard line, and then they, they – Zoomed in and Coach Kubiak was on his knees, on his back, and then a back stretch and, uh, back pad and they were wheeling him out. And everything went through my mind, you know, as what happened, what preceded it, and then it was boom. 
you know, kind of like went blank and mine just kind of like just wondered until the game was over with. Uh, and it was good to see that the team, you know, they, they didn't, they didn't rally around them because they didn't win. I would just say it just like that, but they were professionals, went back out on the field in the second half and did the best they could with what they, you know, mentally where they were. I think uh, the big story, besides the fact, obviously, with uh, Coach Kubiak's health, is the fact that he is also the offensive coordinator. And with the excitement that came into the game with trying to figure out how Case Keenan was going to play at the quarterback position, and he really started out with a fury. Uh, you've seen some plays from the offensive side of the ball with them going deep, going big plays to Johnson, who put up 190 yards plus in the first half, a record for them uh, at home, and, you know, the three touchdowns. Um, again, besides itself, and the important issue with that is the fact that you could tell in the second half that they missed his play calling. And obviously, while people have been frustrated with Coach Kubiak's play calling uh, from many games and often throughout his career, in my opinion, he had one of the better halves of play calling that he'd had uh, especially at least in recent times. So it was unfortunate when you look at the health issue again, I'll keep pointing it out because that's the main factor, but also in terms of how the team was really playing well, both offensively and defensively. And to me, this is a team defensively that really plays off how well offensively going, and they got that going, and you see the defense rallying, and you'll see how they turn around in the second play. They were not calling the same type of plays, and the defense uh, could not bounce back, and how much of that was just the style of game that was being playing, and you give credit to the coach for making that second-half adjustments and trying to make big plays and getting it done. Uh, but it was interesting to see that dynamic, again, outside of the fact that you look at wishing uh, Kubiak the best of health. Obviously, the stories have come out that many people have heard now that it wasn't a heart attack, but then you start having a series of other questions what was it, you know, and we don't want to play uh, guess issues or put anything out there. But I think that's the next serious question. Uh, what is the health of Coach Kubiak and what does it mean, uh, mean moving forward for this team? Well put, Doc. That's probably the most extensive. We've talked about the Houston Texans on a podcast thus far. And let's stop it right there and get into some college sports. Not all. It's warranted. I'm not going to brag on Case Keenum and the fine university that he attended and graduated, the University of Houston. We all know that. I'm a proud Cougar. Right. I was very happy to hear Case say during the introductions, Case Keenum, University of Houston, third ward, Cougar. That was great to hear that. Yeah, I thought that was a nice little touch. I did. I was like, wait a minute. Third ward Cougar, I say. <laughs> oh, Bill man. Bill has gotten to the marketing level where they're the third ward Cougars. So what's up with TSU? Uh, Time, times have changed because yeah, when I was I through think the that's U of H, you could mention it. They did, they, there were some alums who did not look like us. Right. Were not, did not want to acknowledge the fact that U of H is in third ward. Which is my point. So and I'm so glad for because the defense, Cougar defense this year is called third ward defense. That's what they call themselves. They have a Twitter handle UH third world defense something like that so they are they are accepting that framework, framework which is which is good bad and indifferent and however you want to look at it but to me it's a huge statement to say that and the parallel to that again is with the cousins or whatever you want to call them across the street with Texas Southern University which for the longest had you know a proud history of using third war in terms of its nomenclature 
um, both bad, good, and indifferent again. Uh, but to see that framework, I think it says a lot. I think it'll help in terms of recruiting uh, from that standpoint. And I think just with the social dynamic we have and the openness, there'll always be some negative components that people will place on that. But just with the uh, urban youth mix uh, that you have it, I think that can go actually a lot further in terms of marking the program, particularly in the athletic arena. I agree, because that's... Minutes after he said it, or you know, we heard it during the broadcast, people on Twitter were saying, "Did Case, did Case say what I think he just said?" Yes, he sure did. Then I had a, a person I follow and call our friend. I haven't met her yet, but she she tweeted out, Third Ward, what is Third Ward Houston?" So we had a whole bunch of people from Houston, like Houston people. What's Third Ward Houston? So we had people just bombard her with tweets telling her where Third Ward was, which wow. is another great thing. Yeah, because all she knew. Was from hip hop ghetto boys with fifth ward up them fifth ward bees on them. So we're yeah. like, no, 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 third ward, you gotta represent the tray. <laughs> so, so we gotta do you all know, that for her. I'm, I'm, glad you, I'm, glad, I'm glad you hit it down that, that highway in the right direction. Now that is really tells you the power when we think about television and the modem and now the connection with social media and how they just spread like a virus in, in a educational type of way, uh, not just in terms of marketing and getting that information. That is just tells you amazing in a down to earth story of what this new platform that we live in and work with and how it all fits together. And while we're talking about the Cougars, we're talking football, the good stuff first. There we go. We'll talk about the garbage later. a few minutes later. But the football team improved to 4 0 in the, the act because you haven't begun basketball season. Just yet, we're days away from that. And nor had they collected that bowl bid. Remember, Correct. we said they get that bid. So that's true, yes. And that could happen. They won on Halloween at home, well, in Reliance Stadium, beating they USF 35 23. And the uh, game was closer than I thought it would be. But right. they managed to get the victory. That's the important thing. They 35 uh, 23, 35 23, proved 4-0 in the conference, 7-1 overall, which I think is huge, huge surprise to many folks. Right. And, Doctor, you just touched on they got a game with versus ranked the good team in, from Florida in the conference, UCF, on November 9th. Yeah. And the game is going to be at 6 o'clock Houston time. It's going to be on ESPN, too. So Halloween, the, the Cougars were on ESPN. Now, November 9th, Kudos they'll be on ESPN, that we too. About. Those Look were nice, good. very nice. And it's a road game. Your game's at UCF in Orlando, Florida. UCF is a very balanced team. Um, they, nice. They're two-one in the head-to-head. Only -head, played three times, but uh, UCF is going to be a tough, tough challenge for the Cougars. And after that, they at Louisville. So if they can somehow pull it off, pull off, they're going to be good. Both of those and remember, two. for those that may not follow this as detailed and just kind of listen, uh, although a lot of our listeners do remember, this is the UCF team that did beat Louisville that was on that crash course. Uh, making this bid and trying to make a run at a championship. So this is a solid UCF team. And and to be honest, let's just be honest, especially on my part, I'm glad UCF is uh, representing Florida because the rest of the other schools, you know, the, the FA, FA, Florida Atlantic, Florida, Florida International. International, you know, uh, Southern, uh, South Florida, those teams. Damn you. You can say any, 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 you can say anybody other than Florida State, other Miami, than and, and, and Bethune Cookman. Three schools, because Florida, all those schools down in that, in that state. Of Florida ain't doing anything very well. You know, they look like a.
They should have been on TV at all the other week. Hey, uh, oddly enough, we can even throw that up to the professionals. To a certain extent, <laughs> ugly. You know, it's, it's, I'm not happy about watching bad football. I'm definitely don't uh, don't get happy about watching ugly and bad basketball. But right now we're in football season. Uh, Conference USA they've got six guaranteed bowl tie-ins, <coughs> and looks like they'll be able to fill them all. Uh, <coughs> North Texas became bowl eligible this week, uh, this past week after beating Rice 28-16. Uh, right now, it's, it's, it's a crapshoot because on the west end, it's Tulane, Rice, and North Texas, all with one loss in the division. And now, it's just a matter of who wins out, and Rice has that game at the end of the year against Tulane, and that may decide the Western Division champion. Well, okay, you, you follow Conference USA. What, what is Tulsa's record? Tell me what's happened to Tulsa this year. They have you know, injuries? You know, it's, it's, that's a good question. Everybody I've talked to and from what I've seen with the scores, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of transition and their biggest problem is depth. Uh, it's, coach had it, it had some issues and all with some of the guys that were coming in. And all the guys want, you know, taking care of their business as they needed to, uh, which is not a, as I say, not the Tulsa way because everybody goes, to, it, pretty much everybody, a lot of local kids, a lot of kids from Oklahoma. But nobody can put a, a, a handle on exactly what's going on with Tulsa. And they, a lot of folks ask questions, you know, the games get started and to where they lost, and, and really, the question is really starting to come up now because of the way they lost to, uh, UTSA this past weekend, they just got drilled. Is let me toss it out out there to you. Is it a possibility, uh, probably to a small extent, that the Conference USA football brethren said we're going to send Tulsa out this last year in the conference now, with the tail between the legs? That was now that was mentioned media day. At that point. You know, it was still a question mark. Now that we that, that games have been played, that's pretty much what's going on. You know, it's, it's because they've been beat down by by Tulsa for a while now. You know, from uh, 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 when Todd was there, and now with with drawing a senior moment here, coach is there now, that, and they're getting ready to move over, transition over to the uh, American. Everybody's got this, got, you know, they, they got them at, at the target up against the tree and said, we're just going to get this done this year. And everybody's taking that shot. Yep. <laughs> Literally, they, everybody's taking that shot. Real quickly, I'm going to say this earlier during the podcast as opposed to later and sometimes not at all. <laughs> this is uh, another podcast, KG, the Fifth of Wildcat and Doc podcast. Thank you as always for listening. But I also want to acknowledge, uh, we are looking for sponsors of the podcast, doing segments of the podcast. We believe in our product. We believe in we're doing a good job sharing information with the listeners. If uh, you are, you have a company, you want to be part of the podcast, get in touch with us. Our rates are reasonable. Right now, we don't have a sponsor. We're looking for a sponsor to be that first sponsor. You, you can help us grow. We'll grow with you kind of thing. So in, in that vein, I'm KG of the Houston Brown Bar Review. My website is HoustonBrownBarReview.com. My email address is on the website. I have my blogs as well. Contact me that way. I'm also on Twitter at T-H-E-H-R Review. 
Houston Round Bar Views, my YouTube channel and my Instagram account. So there's many ways to reach me there. I'm also on Facebook, Houston Round Bar View, Facebook page, Wildcat, how can folks contact you, sir? Folks can f contact me at AKSVDCSR, Twitter, YouTube, and Blogger. Um, and I just, I am in the process today, this evening when I, when we get uh, done with this, setting up my Instagram account. I'm so happy to join the electronic media on that's on Instagram. It, it, it'll be a good thing, as they say. You get things kind of done and I can handle my business as and, and on site. The amount of pictures you, you take, I think it's going to do very well for you. I think you get a lot of followers that 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 way, so I'm, I think it's going to help out. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. I, I believe so. I think and Doc, perfect, of course, how can folks find uh, get in touch with you? I think it's a perfect platform. People can find me uh, full time. I'm a professor of sport management at Texas Southern University, um, but as I do my other priorities and jobs, I'm also a sports analyst for mainly with HBCU Sports. Uh, created a top ten poll. That is a ranking system separated by the mid-major and major division. Mid-major divisions are NCAA Division II and NAIA HBCU programs, while the major division are the FCS, formerly known as 1AA HBCU program. You can find me, uh, kcaville at thg-agency.com. That's K-C-A-V as in Victor, I-L at thg-agency.com by email. Um, on the social media platforms of Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, that's under the platform of Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Again, it's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. You can find many of my reports in regards to HBCU with the polls. You can find them on Onadon.com. You can find them at TSPNSports.com, as well as the Colin Sporting News for the major division poll. Also of interest for those that want to get a little more detail of information of HBCU sports, I do a preview on Thursday that really gives you top five programs, uh, big games to watch if you would, SWAC, MEAC, which are the two HBCU major division colleges, obviously Tennessee State and the game they play out of uh, independent as the OVC member. And then you get a classic game of the week, which is a big time part of HBC sports and then we just have a general uh, game to watch if you would so those five platforms give you the schedule for our HBC programs so those are some things you can find oftentimes we give you a little history plug on HBCUs uh, that is not always out there in terms of championship teams of the past and some of the legendary coaches that participated in their sports so that's kind of what I do and that's my platform and love to hear from people uh, good bad and different and go ahead and discontinue and get into your your top five or however you want to do top five, top ten polls. Let's do week. top five. I like, kind of like that platform. It's a top ten poll, but right here we give you the top five in those places I told you. That's where you can get the entire top ten. So you can email me, go to those college sporting news, ESPN, Onadon, to get the entire top ten. Let's get a rundown of the top ten, some very major big-time games coming on, particularly in the mid-major division with the fact that we're get, they start playing the playoffs a week earlier than the FCS program. So that means their season ends a week earlier. So both of the teams I'm referring to have SWAT championship game. I mean, have the SIAC and CIAA championship games going on. This year, it seems as if there's actually a semifinal round with so many of these games 
important in terms of who will make their conference championship game. So at number five, Miles Golden Bears, let's get to it. Five and three on the season, 68 points. Cougars ranked seven, moving up two spots after defeating their in-state rivals, Stillman Tigers, 31 to 30. Well, now they got to find a way to get to do it again if they want to get into the SIAC championship game. They're on the road against their in-state rival, even bigger if you would. They're at Tuskegee Golden Tigers, which is a top five program. We'll give you where they're marked. So that creates a top five matchup. Again, the winner of this game will play in Atlanta for the SIAC championship. At number four, you have the Fayetteville State Broncos, 6-3 on the season, 73 points. Previous range six, moving up two spots after defeating Livingston Blue Bears, 34-31. Well, guess what? This creates another top-five matchup where they're going to be playing for the Southern Division of the CIAA Championship. They're at Winston-Salem State Rams to get it done. That surprises many because Winston-Salem State is at the top of the polls, obviously. Undefeated, the Fayetteville State only has one conference loss. So if they win this game, both teams would have one loss. They would have, obviously, the head-to-head. They would have the right to move on to play in the CIAA. Versus number three, which is Virginia State Trojans, 8-1 on the season with 90 points, staying at the three spot, defeating Shawan Hawks, 28-0. They are versus their state rival, private school, Virginia Union Panthers, but the Virginia State Trojans have clinched a spot in the CIAA of the Northern Division, so they're waiting to see who they'll play as they have their big-time rival game. And number two, you have those Tuskegee Golden Tigers we just talked about. Eight and one, a marvelous season thus far. But if they can't win this game, it doesn't mean all that much. They have 99 points, remaining at the two spot after defeating Central State Matadors, 41 to 10. And they've been rolling ever since that loss to who is number one, Winston-Salem Rams. So they're versus Miles Golden Bears, as we said. And this is for the Western Division of the SIAC. As we said, number one, Winston-Salem State Rams doesn't surprise anyone. Eight and one. Uh, that is eight straight victories. Eleven first-place votes. They had us scared this weekend, though. They had to go under one minute to get the touchdown to pull it off against the Shaw Bears, 28-24, to surprising many people, but they have a heart of a champion, as we say here around these parts. Y'all would understand that. They're versus Fayetteville State Broncos, and if they want another championship, they're going to have to show that heart this weekend. So that'll be an interesting one to follow. One of note, I will say, as we won't give you the entire top ten, on the other division of the SIC, teams are not as strong, but you have an in-state rivalry that's going to decide who will represent the East division of the SIC, which is Albany State Golden Rams, which is a top ten team, uh, versus their in-state rival, Fort Valley State Wildcats. Again, whoever wins that will represent both of the teams are right at around 500 marks, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, if they'll be kind of the slaughter to the lamb in the SIAC championship. If you know how it goes, you'd rather get there than not. So that'll do it. As we move into top ten at the majors, or what we call the big boys, top five is Alabama State Hornets, six and three. Pierce ranked four. They moved down one spot after a loss to Kentucky Wildcats. That is the Kentucky Wildcats of the SEC. 48-14 to was the score. They have a huge matchup this week versus Southern Jaguars. They're chasing Jackson State. Well, it gets pretty simple for Jackson State. They win, they're in. But Alabama State is holding out hope. And if they need to get a chance and Jackson State loses, they have to beat Southern. Now, what gets interesting in this is top 10 teams, Southern and Prairie View, who are in the top 10, not in the top 5, but Prairie View plays Thursday night in Alcorn. That is an ESPN broadcast. Prairie View loses, it doesn't matter what Southern does. They're automatically into the championship game. So let's just get that out the way. 
At number four, as we continue with the poll, you have Tennessee State Tigers, 7-3 on the season, which means they lost last week. 82 points, previous rank two, dropping two spots. What's surprising to everybody about this loss is they were making a run to the FCS playoff. They needed this win. They laid an egg. Not only did they lay an egg, it was an egg in terms of a shutout, 44-0. Quite embarrassing. Eastern Kentucky Colonels got it done, surprising everybody. People could imagine they would have lost. They did have one conference loss. But that fashion, this is supposedly one of the best defenses at the FCS level. Well, they didn't get it done giving up 44, and usually the offense is pretty solid. They gave up zero. I mean, they couldn't score zero points. So they're versus Austin Key Governors. Everything should be all right. They're back at home. Governors haven't won a game on the season, so they're right to ship here, but it may be a little too late for the season in terms of what they need to do in the playoffs. But we'll keep you abreast on that. As we start to close out, the top three teams are South Carolina State Bulldogs, 6-3 and three on the season with 89 points. Previous ranked six. They move all the way back to three after their tough loss to Bethune-Cookman Wildcats, but they defeated Savannah State Tigers this weekend, 45-9, to nine, like everybody does versus against the Tigers. But they got it done. They're versus Florida and them Rattlers, and we just told you that the Rattlers are struggling this year under the first here head coach Holmes, uh, who's alum of the school. So it'll be interesting to kind of watch to see what they do in the offseason to see if they can get back to their winning ways. And number two, Jackson State Tigers, 7-2 on the season with 93 points. Priest ranked three. They did not play, but they found a way to move up with all the other teams losing, including that Tennessee State uh, major beatdown, if you would. They're versus Alabama A&M Bulldogs, and as I said, it's very simple. Jackson State win, they're in here in Houston for the SWAC championship game. They lose, they can make things a little interesting. Number one, Bethune-Cookman Wildcats, 8-1, 12, all 12 first-place votes now. So the unanimous number one team this weekend for the first time this year as they get it done defeating, at the time, then the number 10 team, North Carolina Central Eagles, 38-14. to They really just beat them down. But the thing that's scary about this program, they're trying to get ready for a playoff run. They've done it a couple of years before. They have way too many penalties in their game to be a solid team that's going to make any type of run and actually get the first win for the MEAC uh, since 99, if you would. They're versus Norfolk State Spartans this week. The Spartans are struggling, so they should get it done, but they got to find a way to win without all those playoff penalties, if you would. So that'll do it for the mid-major and major division of Dr. Ville's HBCU. Division football top 10 poll rankings in week number 10. One thing I would like to point out, as we said, we regionalized it. Prairie View was open this weekend, so they didn't play as they get prepared for their Thursday night game. Had a week off, and we see if they can do anything with that defense because they have a championship-level offense that just can't stop anybody on defense. Well, back here at home, uh, as we knew the first time of the season, uh, Southern opened against your base we talked about earlier on a Friday night. Well, they got a chance to do another Friday night. Likes. They kind of reversed the curse, if you would. This time they got a victory. A lot closer than when they thought. They had one big quarter that really outdid um, the Texas Southern Tigers. That second quarter was not good for the Tigers. They allowed Southern Jaguars to put up 21 points, including a 10-yard interception return by the uh, by Anthony Balancier, who's a defensive guy that actually caught an intercept on a touch ball that walked in the end zone that led to the end of 21 points. They did try to make it interesting as they closed the score, but couldn't get it done. They lost their game 31 to 24. As you can see offensively, how close this game was. Total yards, Southern had 359, 334. Uh, Southern had three turnovers, while Texas Southern had two. So those are some of the things you had to do there. The, um, Devion Porter, who was the big offensive running back, uh, he had kind of got a concussion, it seemed like, or had some of those symptoms last week. 
Uh, they found a way to let him play, but you could see that there was something not quite right with him as he only had 11 carries for 23 yards. So some questions about what that went on. Cosby tried to do his part, had a 20, 120 yards on 14 carries, rushing the ball with two touchdowns. Didn't do much uh, passing. Did have 154 yards with one touchdown. Didn't have an interception. Uh, got a little banged up in that game. Small came in late and threw an interception. But that kind of gives you an indication of what took on there. And so Southern, as they continue to win, this is still some question about how solid they are as a team to give you an indication of what goes on. The last thing I will point out, HBCU land, we talked about it in terms of Grandma State Tigers, all the stuff that was going on. So we're going to give them a little love here because they found a way to get in the win column, and it's been some time since they did it. Uh, what surprised a lot of people is, you look at it closely, Williams was the quarterback, but it was not D.J. Williams. He had a concussion, so he sat out this week to back up uh, Devion Williams, surprising some people and kind of maybe creating a, uh, some controversy. It may not be controversy after he played because he put up six touchdowns. Wow. So, yeah, he got it done as they beat uh, Mississippi Valley State Delta Devils. Not a very strong team, but a win is a win. 47-0. to zero. Wow. A lot of people in that part of the land, if you follow anything about HBCU sports, you understand that this may make the Bayou Classic just a little bit interesting because they think this new Williams, if you would, will give them the edge to find a way to maybe keep Southern Jaguars at home because there is a question of whether they can get Alabama State. So if they lose the last two, boy, it will get really interesting in these parts. So we'll see. As we go down the stretch, on the east side, it probably won't be as interesting, but there's still a little hope on the west side for those Prairie View fans out there. But the first thing is, they got to find a way to get it done on Thursday against Alcorn State Braves, which is led by a Houston quarterback, Josh Gill. Coach, 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 you mentioned a name out of the past and said he just might be. That young Williams guy. <laughs> Coach, coach, coach. You talk, you talk like a coach, then. <laughs> You're hoping for something. But, you know, it's, it's good. He's had, he's, they find a stride. Now they're trying to get it done and moves, trying to move forward and all that yeah. grambling. And that's a good thing. Yeah, and that's and, Jonathan Williams. I will get his first name for everybody to make no, sure. No problem. I don't no want to throw no, no hate problem. out there and think I don't know because it. Because DJ Williams is, is Doug's son. Doug, yeah. One of his, uh, Doug Jr., so they call him yeah. DJ Williams. All right. Now. Uh, here locally, we had a, got a national defensive player of, of the week uh, over at HBU and the FCS. Uh, FCS uh, I told uh, you they were going to beat up on Texas College. Dude. You know what? <laughs> it's, it's, and, and I'm glad it happened. I, uh, truly, because the game got rescheduled, and it, it was almost like a, a, a washout. Right. You know, they, so they kind of, because of the abbreviated schedule that everybody had this year, move, move, making it in the transition, they were able to get that game scheduled. HBU. Look good this weekend. They they won forty nine to seven. Everybody got their hands on the ball, and everybody got some got a got a got a chance to get a touchdown. But uh, HBU freshman safety Taylor Thompson was named College Football Performance Awards FCS National Defensive Back Player of the Week. Uh, hopefully tomorrow morning I'll get a chance to talk to him after practice, along with uh, Coach Vic Sheely. Uh They've got homecoming this week. And everybody's coming back. Uh, the game is, uh, is at, uh, it's three o'clock Saturday at, uh, Straight Jesuit, uh, Prep. Uh, they're playing Texas A&M Commerce, uh, who's been in the football business for a while. And we'll see, you know, the, the thing now is hopefully they can finish on a win 
I have a better test than that. This is the Huskies' last game. This is the last game of the season. This this, this is upcoming week. So they get they have a chance to finish with a, a winning record. Apparently so, because they're three and three right now. So they win. Yeah, first, that's that, that's that's either good. way. Three wins in your first season is it's, is, it's is good. It's a good deal. You get a winning season. And, and, a winning season will be very impressive. Yeah, and you know, it's, for a while that. Uh, Any like, talk about them playing TSU in the future? You know what? I'm gonna make some mention in the near future. I'm gonna make some mention that's like next year. I'm just saying that out loud. Somebody mentioned, you know, that Prairie View is not at won't won't run and hide. They'll play. That's fine. They'll play. Yeah, either one. You know, one thing for sure now. Coach Norris may have may have some faults, but one of those is, hey, if you want to schedule the game and we we get it done, boom, let's go play. That's right. And I I like that some folks. They look at it and like, I don't know. I'm, I'm taking a chance. Why? Why? All right, gentlemen. Once again, remind everybody who you are and how they can I am, contact uh, you. I am the Fifth Wall Wildcat. I, my moniker is AKSVDCSR. I am on Twitter, Facebook, Blogger. And after tonight, before the sun come up in the morning, I'll have an Instagram account. Ah. Yes, again, uh, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. Again, you can get me on Social media, Facebook, Twitter, as well as Instagram, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D-R-K-E-N-Y-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Time for some hoops. Well, one thing I want to throw in there, give Go just ahead. one That's final fine. love no at problem. the FCS level, uh, because I have some friends over at Sam Houston uh, State University. They had their big game in Reliance against Stephen F. Austin, so I'll show a little love there because I think it's appropriate, especially what Sam Houston State has done in terms of playing in the championship for the last two years. A uh, little question mark what they're doing in Southland with their one loss to McNeese. But McNeese State is a team that blew out South Florida we right. talked about earlier. So we have given a little love there. Well, they beat up on Stephen F. Austin 56-49 uh, as um, they're 7-2 overall, 3-1 and one in the season in the top 25 at the FCS level. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how that goes down in, in the Southland, particularly when we look at Houston Baptist being a new Southland member. So we'll kind of spread that love around. But now let's get in the round ball. So okay, that sounds good. Well, first, I just on. want to uh, touch on, we mentioned it, I, I mentioned it last podcast about uh, TSU hosting Norfolk State. And at the time, we weren't sure of the second game of the two that since the uh, Classic was canceled. Norfolk State game will be at HMPE November 9th at 5 p.m. And then on November 11th, they're playing Wiley College. That game will be at 7 p.m. So I want to come out and see TSU, Coach Mike Davis, and his guys start winning. Winning will start on November 9th. I have no problem saying that. I expect that to happen. I expect them to win a lot of ball games this year. Uh, Coach Davis is somewhat modest. You can say we have a good team. Let me give a little glimpse in terms of this game because at, just in terms of solid programs, as you said, this is going to be this is a good, good test. This is a good test. Yeah, Norfolk this, State is, is yeah. This is a good basketball team here at Texas Southern. But the team they got coming in, Norfolk State, which is out of the MEAC, uh, they have lost their coach, but their coach left a lot of talent on their Norfolk State team. Norfolk State is predicted as one of the teams to win the MEAC in some of the publications out there. I have them ranked very high. If I had my basketball poll out right now, I would have uh, Norfolk State number one, Texas Southern number two, and Southern number three to give you an indication of uh, this is a one versus two type matchup preseason wise before they tip up the ball. So if you have interest in terms of some good basketball, uh, it hasn't always been played in terms of HBCs as of late, 
uh, particularly at the big man position. Uh, they've been able to get it done at the guard position uh, ever since we can remember in the SWAC, and they continue to have good guard play. But now you have a little size on both of these teams here. So if you want to see some good basketball, as Chris talks about, and you know he knows basketball, he'll tell you, this is one that you want to get over here and see and not miss as you'll come to see a couple of good big-time games the rest of the season as well. Okay, and I'll, I'll try to stop by. Good thing it starts at 5 because the Rockets host the Clippers at 7. So at halftime at TSU, I'll be headed downtown. Well, I'm, way to go see I'm sorry. Chris Paul and, and uh, Blake Griffin and I wish. come to go against Dwight Howard and Beard. That I, game would be a sellout, an actual sellout, which brings you to another point. Well, go ahead. We'll talk about that in a second. It, it, true. Um, only because it's the Rocket game, my commitment is to uh, downtown, and I surely do hate I'm going to miss that because the, the, the fact that Coach Davis has Texas Southern now back in the national lime, limelight, it's a good thing for Third Ward, Texas, for TSU, the Tigers. The men's basketball program has definitely made a turnaround, and they are past going around, you know, going around the corner. They are on the highway and headed down the, down the road in the right direction. Would you agree, gentlemen? Indeed, without a doubt. And is this is a this is a game, right, Doc? This is not this counts on the schedule. This is oh, not an exhibition count. game. Okay, yeah, this is not an exhibition game. They're gonna start uh, hot and heavy, just like they would have been in that basketball tournament, which is what kind of exciting to play on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, coach has a relationship with the coach around that area, so he was able to get them to come on down here. And uh, for any of the fans in this area that want to get a taste of basketball, particularly at the college level. This is a good time to get it done early in the season where you can see uh, well-coached, two well-coached teams play uh, some good basketball that look to do very well in the division. So, yeah, now this counts. Yeah. And As they know, say, this counts. You got Eric Murray, the big man, transferred from West Virginia, now 16, 245, uh, starting center for TSU. I, I, I don't have the knowledge and history like Wildcat does, but when was who was the last – Great big man, big man in the SWAC. Because the SWAC is usually guards and wings. Has been for for, for, for a while. Because usually, usually the big men go to bigger bigger time programs. Yeah, they, yeah. Don't, they don't go to, to a smaller the program. A smaller you talking about you, you talking about somebody on Venezuela's level or, or just, yeah. and, but, but Benny Swain was how tall? Benny was like six eight. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking taller than that. I mean center oh, six ten no, and up. Man. Uh, the yeah, swag that sixteen player that 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 played pretty mm-hmm. solid was the, your the boy Prairview, right? When, uh, uh, when the coach when, came when, in, when, when oh Franny yeah, was, uh, Francis, uh, oh, he actually got a shot at the league. But right, right. You know because the quality of the fact he was, that, that, uh, it was all based on Francis, who was a big man that played at Ohio State, mm-hmm. so he really knew how to train and spend a lot of time. Because this is a guy that really didn't get any looks, right? In terms of scholarship, had an awkward walk, but by the time he ended, he could face up. Uh, bouncing, put up I can, 25, I can 30 see him and I can, I can, I can yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I I'd have to yeah. dig him a crate to get him the name, but y'all, yeah. y'all really talking about, but that's the last big man yeah. that I can say. And that was, I, I know one thing, the Cougars, and like I said, he got the a Cougars remember who he is. That was, what, 10, 15 years ago? 15 years ago? No, uh, that was no, during no. Burke's era, so that is about 10 plus yeah. years ago. Time is flying. Oh, yeah. It was during Burke's when they while, made the yeah. championship run. He actually led him to a regular season championship with Burke's at the guard position. He was a junior and Burke's was a senior. Uh, when Greg Burks they put up all that. Oh yeah, the time. Greg Burks too. Yeah, we'll see if we can get his name. 
pop into my head, pop into one of our heads before the podcast is done. But in addition to Eric Murray, you know, Ray Penn, point guards, solid, solid point guard. Um, Aaron Claiborne, Lawrence Johnson Danner. Tigers are loaded, people. You know, they're good seven, eight deep. I don't know if you get in foul trouble, which is brings me to another point. We're gonna, we test on this. I gotta pull it up. I gotta give me a second to find it. Go ahead. Um, but we touched on this last week and how some, some exhibition games or, or scrimmages, whatever I want to call them, closed scrimmages, and the number of fouls called and free throws shot in those games. Well, our United States Basketball Writers Association, former president Andy Katz of ESPN.com, today, uh, Monday, discussed it a little in his three-point shot video that he puts out. Touched on, I believe Dayton was involved in a exhibition game Saturday. I want to get the numbers right, but there were, I want to say, 97 free throws attempted in the game. Let me see if I can get it correct in this ball game, exhibition game over the weekend. So, fans of college basketball, get ready. 70 fouls, 96 free throws. In a college basketball game. Get ready. So just get ready. You're going to complain and gripe about why we're calling so many fouls. We're just trying to clean up the ball game. Just be prepared for 70 foul games. And the coach, head coach after the game spoke to uh, Andy and said, if you have a team, if a team has depth, they'll be okay. If a team that have depth can handle all the fouls, they're going to have problems. They'll, they'll be in trouble. If a team has players that can, can create, Draw a double team, attack the basket, and make the officials call fouls. Creators, basically, they have team players who can create their own shot. They're gonna be successful because they'll get to the line a lot. So just prepare yourself for that on the college level. We can talk about this. So U of H men play uh, Tuesday election day. Plug their election day, November fifth. People vote. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you. Vote. I'm gonna tell you who to vote for. I'm just asking you to vote. Please. Vote. Please. Cougars host uh, St. Thomas University of Hawaii Pavilion, 7 o'clock tip-off on Tuesday evening. That is an exhibition game. So, but fouls will be called in that game, so I'm going to keep track of how many fouls are called yeah. in that game and how long the game takes. Because a lot of, lot of tweeting, a lot of toots of the whistle, a lot of free throws, it's going to be a problem. It could easily become a three-hour game. And I, I would hate that because that was really dis- disruptive. Now, we're looking Every, at two and a half on a regular basis. Yeah. And it could easily come to a three-hour game. Well, I found the name 2002 team that won the championship, uh, Roderick Riley, center, 6'11", 327 senior at that time from Beaumont, Texas. Yep. You know what it is? He's a, a redshirt senior, so he got another year to follow. It's interesting. Before Coach Francis got there, he was just another body in uniform and another kid on campus. Yeah, he actually didn't play much. Uh, when he did, he was really more about fouling anything. But it was amazing to see how a coach that really knew how to work with big men, he took a lot of weight off of him. And as I said, this was a guy that didn't really get any Division One type scholarship seriously coming out of high school. By the time uh, Francis was finished with him, he got a look at the NBA and actually uh, went on to a roster and uh, played some in there and actually uh, got an NBA uh, contract for a short time playing in there. But he was a... Uh, a guy that's signed a free agent deal. So it tells you a lot to go from a guy that many said he couldn't walk to the way he uh, actually registered some games in the NBA. 
you know, that I always say this, and it's and it's it still holds true. Six nine, six ten or bigger, they'll wait on you all day long. Yes, once, sir. Once if a coach says I can get that, I can make that work. Just and, like what, just, and Coach Francis told you and me, I'm gonna get that guy I'm, to the I'm, league. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, exactly I'm gonna get that done. Said. I'm gonna get, get him. Me. I'm gonna get him done. He's gonna be better when I'm done with him. He's gonna quit running around uh, campus, uh, you know, yeah. hanging out. He's gonna be working in the gym. Yep. He and I gonna get to know each other very closely. We're gonna bond together. And, and he, he, Coach Francis kept his word, and he, he got Roger to the league. That's good part of basketball. Touched on you, base men. Now let's talk about the bad part of basketball. University of Houston Cougars women's basketball team had an exhibition game, Doc, Saturday afternoon Uh-oh. versus Lubbock Christian. Lubbock Christian, Doc. That's NAIA, right, Wildcat? Yes, in Lubbock, Texas. Final score was 80 to 73, Lubbock Christian. Mm-hmm. Lubbock Christian beat the University of Houston, a member of the American Athletic Conference, the same conference that has the Connecticut Huskies, the Louisville Cardinals, Rutgers, USF. Don't hold your line. peace. Don't hold your peace. Don't hold your the peace. The same conference that the Cougars are Don't picked hold your tenth, peace. dead last to be in. Well, you see why now? Exactly. Thank you very much for saying that, Doc. Lost 80-73 to Lubbock Christian in an exhibition game. The Cougars shot a robust 29%. 24 of 82 from the field. 29%. Versus an NAIA program, and they they average in Division One and NC2A on the women's side is around thirty-five to forty. Yes, and field goal average twenty-nine percent. You hear what I'm saying? Surprisingly, thirty-five. Surprisingly, they shot ninety-one percent from the foul line, which is anti-U rates. Men and women's teams don't use it well from the free throw line, but I have not spoken to Coach Buchanan. I didn't make all the make the game. I didn't prior commitments. But one reason I didn't go because I figured they were gonna lose. But and I was right. Um the beat downs are coming. They're in trouble this year. So we've touched on it before on the job, the head coaching position, the Cougars will begin the season for real. The games will count. Friday, November eighth, Hoffman's Pavilion, five thirty versus Mississippi State. Mississippi State uh, is coach now, head coach uh, Vic Schaefer, who's on the A&M coaching staff. Defensive specialist. Defensive specialist. He was, Coach Schaefer was the one in charge to help guide the Aggies defense to a national championship three years ago. And he, they struggled in the SEC his first year last season, but they are getting better, got better players coming in. And I do believe one of our former Bryce Isles assistant coaches yes. uh, is on that staff as well. I expect them to come in to our final civilian Friday, November 8th, and smack down the Cougars from opening jump, smother them, force turnovers, and kick their behinds all over down the court. So are we going WWF or WWE on this situation or what? Who knows, but possibly. It's not good. It's not, it's not going to, it won't be a good thing. I'm not expecting the Cougars to win that game. I hope they do. Because clearly, I'm, I am a Cougar alum. But I think they're going to get crushed. So we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm not happy with the state of the program. I don't mind saying that. Y'all know where I, where I, where yeah, I, you, I think you, on, you on that it, thing. You like and again, after scores of that magnitude and what has taken place last year, you have reason to be 
concerned about what's transpiring with the program. Uh, it doesn't look like it's moving forward. And when you bounce back with the next year, unlike the football program, there were some concerns last year, and you give the coach some credit. He uh, stood up to the test this year and he's getting some things down, so you kind of back up and you may still have some questions. Uh, but as long as he continues to do what he does, you step back and say, all right, we'll let it play out. Right now in basketball, she had a chance to do the same thing. And then opening salvo, if you would, didn't get it done. So until some things have changed and turned around, you have the right to be concerned of what's taking place in basketball, laying on the women's side over there at year eight. And the, the iron, well, not irony, but at 7 o'clock Friday evening, women's side, Rice plays at Prairie View. So it's a question of will I drive up those 40 or so miles to go watch a better better game, I think, between two closely matched teams, or stay here in town and watch an SEC team, a bottom-dwelling SEC team, Mississippi State, beat down the Houston Cougars. We'll see what, what how, how things all play out, but probably I'll I'll, I'll be hot fines and and uh, just watch shake my head and, and probably some <laughs> just shake just you know shake my head more and more bad basketball. But anyhow, oh uh, well, speaking on 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 basketball, HBU won that exhibition. This uh, HBU women, yes, women, HBU women beat smack let me go ahead there i'm yeah. glad you brought that up i, I was gonna forget that smack them around because i gotta be on campus in the morning so smack them around i gotta let the folks know yeah you are correct they you smack know, they, 95 to 56 over yep. ut tyler ut tyler yep they, they brought them right. into town mm-hmm. and they just like this everybody gonna get their shot at getting points today and they didn't have to wait on or didn't have to depend on shanice steenholt who was their leader junior forward she had only 13 points but in 11 minutes but once she was, she sat down. They had some depth. They've got depth now, and they've got players that can play. And, uh, and hold up, excuse me, Wildcat. Didn't Shanice tear ACL last year, like for the end of the year or something like that? She had an injury. Yeah, she, she didn't finish the year. Right, uh, right. That's so the fact she played already. Yeah. already. So that, that's a great sign then for that. And wow. I'm, yeah. And that's contrast. The Cougars shot twenty nine percent from the field. HBU shot fifty three point seven percent from the field. Including 53.3 percent, eight for 15 from three point range. There you go. Take so, a good shots now. Take okay. a good shot. So they out, out rebounded. Get to Tyler, 42 to 40. Then they forced Tyler into 31 turnovers. So wow. the now, of course, the ultimate irony is Coach Buchanan used to be the head coach over at HBU, and he's not U of H. But anyway, Bryce <laughs> <clears throat> at Prairie View on Friday, seven o'clock. And that Bryce will be the start of that game. Yes. Texas Southern, talking women's basketball. Mm-hmm. Coach, TSU's head coach, Janetta Hayes Perry, former okay. player at Rice. So the game on November 11th, Monday, November 11th at Tudor Fieldhouse, I think will be very interesting. Yeah. Very competitive because the, well, Rice was picked 10th in the 16 team conference USA. TSU was picked second. Yeah. Or third. Behind Southern. Behind Southern in the SWAT. I would not be shocked to walk out well, agree. Third, third, yeah, Southern 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 Prairie. Prairie, yeah. I would not be shocked if TSU walks out of Tudor with the W. I wouldn't either. So I'm looking forward to Monday's Monday game like, yeah. for sure. So because if you had, if you asked me who was the best basketball women's basketball team here in, in this city, city including Prairie, Prairie View, yeah, uh, wow. 
Prairie View TSU one two Rice three U of H four, and and HBU on because they started over you know, right. But uh, and the Cougars play. Well, I tell you, I'm I'm so despondent on the everything because you talk about the one beat down Mississippi State, the Cougars will host Texas A and M on November seventeenth. That's a Sunday, three thirty tip off. Ah, that's ah. you just said. That's gonna be really ugly. The Cougars play Prairie View on uh, in a, in, a, in a David Jones Classic, I think, on December first at Hoff Lines, three thirty. The Cougars go to Rice on December twentieth. So the Cougars play PV and Rice. Probably lose both of those. That's so sad. But anyway, <laughs> get beat down by AM. I don't think they they don't play TSU. I'm not sure why. You know. So, if you can look through the crystal ball and see where I'm going with this, yes, I see. If they, if Todd Buchanan, head coach, loses these games, non-conference, then goes into a much more difficult conference slate, right, and gets beat down repeatedly, I wonder if there will be a change in the coaching job after the season. And my compadre across the way knows from where I come. This is not Louisville who sets up a schedule to just compete, figure things out, get a rotation going in non-conference games, and then get into conference play, and you see where they, what the end result is at the end of the year. Right. We're not talking about a program on that caliber. And the, the other point is we're not talking about a coach. Staff on that on that same level, right? But they're here locally. They're on. They're sitting on the sidelines. They're sitting in the chair. Whatever happens, happens. You know, it's we just gotta uh, groan, moan, and bear with it. And and they play some. Their schedule is it's tough. It's a tough schedule, period. But when you're not a very good team. Like they're not, yeah, it can get ugly. It's, it could get ugly this year. And you hope. And we're not talking about just losses and the number of losses. You're talking about the margin of victory. The other thing you got to look at too, will they be mentally ready to go into conference play once that non-conference schedule is, is, is over with? You know, because two or, you know, a week I mean, of They the, play you know, Mississippi State. They play A&M. North Texas will be here. They play at Creighton. Creighton is a good team. Kent State, PV's, PV should win that game. Pac-12, Washington, that's here. That's another loss. At Alabama, another SEC team, that's a loss. At Texas State, that's a loss. At Rice, that's a loss. Then they start conference play. That's a loss. So, I mean, I'm not sure where the win's gonna come from this year. Yeah, yeah. I get your point. And then, and, when you have Connecticut come to town on February 22nd and win by 50 or 60 or whatever Dino wants to do, Dino, Dino likes, he does like Todd Buchanan. I think they're, I don't know if they're not best buds, but he does like Todd Buchanan. Yeah. So maybe he'll, he'll pull the reins back come on by now. halftime. Come on now. You and I but it won't even matter. The talent gap is so enormous he that the halftime score could be like 60 to 10. Yeah. You know, and then second half would be just like, okay, well, we'll see if we can score 100 and hold them to 30, you know, something like that. It could be that bad. 
Wow. Because but, they do, they do get they get competitive amongst themselves when they are on the floor. Because when practice, when they go back to to practice, you know, it's all it's a it's a kid and joke thing. But they're pretty serious about it as far as, uh, you know, they're challenging another. challenging one another because they know at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that's the only way how they're going to measure this. There you go. In terms of how they challenge, whether it's holding the team to a certain score or getting certain scoring points itself, so they'll continue to play through all this. So and enough, get over. enough about the bad, bad women's basketball. Let's talk about some good women's basketball. Connecticut, the, the poll came out last week. No surprise. UConn is number one in both the AP poll and the coaches poll. Surprisingly, there was not a unanimous uh, selection in the coaches Again. poll. Tennessee Come got on. Tennessee got the one. First place vote that Connecticut didn't get. Really? Tennessee was like fourth in both polls. Tennessee is good. Right. They're not number one good. Right. Connecticut won in both polls. Duke is number two. Duke is good. Not Connecticut good. Any serious person who follows me, covers women's basketball, would not be surprised. Hell, expects the Huskies to go undefeated this year. And I don't expect, I would be, now me personally, I've been watching this for a while. They just had they they just have a mental block when it comes to that situation. I would be surprised to see Duke in the Final Four. I mean, no, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Uh, because the only they, only thing is uh, Connecticut is not hosting a regional regional teams are Nebraska, Louisville, Notre Dame, and I think Stanford. Those are those are home court sites this year. This is the first year in a while. NCAA allows team schools to host the regional sites, right. which is, you know, around Sweet 16, Elite 8, to get to the Final Four. Uh, for the 15 championship, they're going back to neutral sites for it. So the slim chance that, you know, possibly if UConn has to go and be in the Notre Dame region, play a tough Notre Dame team on Notre Dame's home court for a chance to get to the Final Four, you know, something strange could happen. Yeah. I mean, Hell, nobody expected Louisville to beat Baylor last year's tournament. Yeah, so anything happened like that. But talent-wise, Connecticut is far head and shoulders above everybody else. And to Geno's credit, he's playing Stanford, number three team. He's playing Maryland, number eight team. He's playing Penn State, 13th ranked team. Number two, Duke. Number nine, Cal. Number 10, Baylor. That's non-conference. <laughs> and then he's got two head-to-head matchups in conference with number five, Louisville. So the so the if they go undefeated this season, that will show you how great they really are. Right. Yeah. Talk about the Rockets real quick. The three and they're playing at the Clippers uh, Monday night. They opened up with a somewhat of a struggle against the Bobcats on home opener Wednesday night. Friday against the Mavericks. I tell you, Mavs are two and one, and that one loss was to the Rockets. The Rockets look so much better. Than Dallas, they look more athletic. They look deeper. Dallas looks like Dirk and the rest of the crew. Just another dudes. When Dirk couldn't score, they couldn't score. But Dallas went to his own defense, and the Rockets settled for perimeter shots. Didn't didn't try to attack the zone. You know, make the zone flexible and bend and break, and then kick it out for buckets. They settled for perimeter shots and missed those outside shots, and allowed the math to get back in the game. And plus, James Harden was having some back issues. He grudged it out, split, got on fire in the fourth quarter, and the Rockets pulled away in that. And then Saturday, they just went to sleep first half against Utah, 
must have had some hell of a speech at halftime. And they came in second half and just ran the Jazz out of Utah to improve the 3-0. So they're finding ways to win. Armin Caspi banged up, bad ankle. He's not healthy. Um, they got a tough stretch here. They got the, at the Clippers tonight, at Portland on Tuesday. Thursday, the home against the Kobe-less Lakers. And then Saturday, they got the Clippers again at home. So that's four games and roughly five nights. So we'll see how they do. But the Rockets are deep. The Rockets are talented. The Rockets are expected to win. I've seen polls. ESPN now has them, I think, the second best team in power rankings mm-hmm. this week. So folks expect them to do well. However, Rocket fans are not coming to the games. I don't give a damn what the Rockets are announcing at sellout crowds. I don't care. I'm sitting there at the press table. I can see <laughs> empty seats in that building. <laughs> So, you know, they say 18,108, 18,003, whatever. Okay, they it's may be, people. they it may, may be, be sold tickets. because they, because it's not busting the seats. So, and which is a surprise because not many folks can see the games on TV here in town. Right. So if you want to see a, a great team, show up at the game. So far, they haven't done that. They didn't do it in the preseason. They didn't do it in the first two regular season games. Wildcat, am I wrong? No. No, you're not. I'm not going to make any more comments beyond that. Um, folks got to show up it, because the, the, the cable deal, it's not going to get done anytime sooner from what I'm hearing. It could be, it could all fall out and around, all around their, their ears and their heads and there'll be no cable. And folks be looking for, for a uh, place to, to, to go and watch because the sports bars, if the, if, if, if the judge does Makes a decision before the, the the end of the year. Probably the only place you can watch it would be your local sports bar and Toyota Center. You better figure it out quick. That, that's just about where it's heading right now. And and to wrap everything up, wow. Since the Texans are two and six, they're yeah, done. Yeah, it's done. So you want to watch a winning team? Get to Toyota Center. And it's not often that I plug a pro team, but seriously. The Rockets are right now, they're the best team in town. They're the it team. They have the it factor. National media loves them. Had writers from ESPN.com at at the games Wednesday and Friday doing stories on them, interviewing Dwight Howard and James Harden. They're the it team right now. You want to see a winning team? Come to Toyota Center and watch them play. Wrap it up. How can folks find you? You can find me at AKSVDCSR, blogger, Twitter, um, YouTube. Uh, two things. One, the Conference USA Women's Soccer Championships are being held on campus at Rice University at the soccer and track field. The SWAC Women's Soccer Championships are being held at, on Kirby, on South Kirby, off of 288 and Airport at the Dynamo Practice Facility. This upcoming week, uh, weekend starting on the 7th. Am I correct, uh, yes. Doc? And that is it for the Wildcat tonight. And Doc, how close yes. find you? They can find me Facebook, Twitter, as well as Instagram, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Again, it's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. With that, you have uh, email, kcavill at thq-agency.com. K-C-A-V-I-L at THG-Agency.com. Go and review the polls at theonadon.com as well as 
ESPNSports.com. Obviously, the review that comes out on Thursday goes to the collegesportingnews.com. And lastly, I would be remiss if I didn't say this. Uh, Rice men's basketball and University of St. Thomas men's basketball open the season on Saturday, November the 9th, 2 o'clock p.m. at Tudor Field High. Oh, so you, see, he mentioned Rice playing St. Thomas. He didn't say anything about when I said he was ready to play St. Thomas on Tuesday the 5th. Right. See how he is? See? I see. see, see how I see how you are. I see I, I know your loyalty's live with Todd Let's and every, you know. Oh, right. That's tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, uh huh. Yeah, it is, sir. Yeah. I'm KG of Houston Round Ball <laughs> Review website, HoustonRoundBallReview.com. I'm on Twitter at T H E H R Review. Facebook, Houston Round Ball Review, Facebook fan page, Houston Round Ball Review on YouTube and Instagram. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends about uh, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you learned something. And once again, if, if you are interested in becoming a sponsor, hit us up. Any one of us about sponsorship information, we have that for you. Hope you enjoyed it. As I always do in conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more.